Hello and welcome to Don't Spoil the Ending's full-time review. This week we're going to be reviewing the Untold series on Netflix. Thank you. There you go, thanks. Good, great. Good. Oh, we should do some intros, really. <laughs> I'm, I'm the host, Sam, and I'm here with... Hi, I'm John. I'm Joe. Yeah, good, good. So, yeah, no, we're good, all good. How are you doing? You okay? I'm all right. Um, first unemployed day. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my, my idea to take the podcast full-time is uh, in full flow. <laughs> Stage one is yeah. an operation. <laughs> No, but that's where I am. Applying for, applying for lots of jobs. So, I'm expecting seven and a half hours a day of content here, Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Full-time editor, producer. <laughs> yeah. The Ramble Daily, got nothing on this. Mm. <laughs> DC Daily going forward. <laughs> Twice daily. <laughs> going to drop off a cliff now, aren't we? <laughs> this is the second pod this week, though. So uh, you're, you're, you're well on the way to... This, is, this yeah. is more than we've done in months. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think we'll kick off into news of sort of uh, new games. Obviously, the FIFA and PES. Well, I say PES. That's yeah. a bit of news, I suppose. <laughs> but FIFA's come out with pretty good reviews, but PES slash now eFootball has not. Yeah, we, uh, we all played the new FIFA, didn't we? At Luke's that night. I missed it the second night because uh, <clears throat> we were there for the second night, Joe. I think it was there for the first night. Right, I, I, I was ill for the second one, and uh, we all played the new FIFA, and it was it was great. Wasn't it? it was a really good football game, best FIFA for years, I think. Really uh, hit the stride this year, and Konami have gone away and spent two years, or Konami as you call him, Joe. The correct word. That's a callback to twenty seventeen. Konami have uh, made. Well, they just fucked it up, haven't they? It took two years to make the new eFootball, even to the point of they spent last year not working on PES. They just released an update to yeah. PES 2020, which was just literally uh, updating the kits and players so they could they could work on eFootball and make it the best it could possibly be. And it's literally unplayable. Like, Have you guys tried it at all yet? Or? <clears throat> I've not tried it yet. Um, I'm a little scared to try it after, after reading about how, how absolutely piss poor the reception has been for it. Um, yeah, I'm surprised that it's gone this far. Yeah, this bad. bad. Like, how can like in, in general football games like there are series that you top up every year. It's not a case of like let's rebuild everything. Yeah, but they've, they've gone so well. By the sound of it, they've gone so far away from what they originally they had. Which I remember playing the you know well, not the last pairs but the one before it. Yeah. It was it was a good game like from yeah, what I can yeah. remember. But yeah, it sounds like they've gone way off off piste on it. The thing is with Konami, they have to, they're not all kind of. Video game makers or film studios have this where like they've got this army of devoted fans who like I go on forums and stuff and they're all like, oh no, it'll be fine. It's just a demo, it's a glorified demo. Well, the actual game comes out, it'll be fine. And it's like, no, no, they cannot fix this. Is the issues that are with this, like the, the gameplay isn't fun to play. Like they've literally <laughs> broke the game. It's yeah, a, I mean, you said this went like two years doing it, but because it, it is a new engine. So you would expect maybe some teething issues, but yeah. I'm guessing like the work on that would have started like 
maybe even a couple of years before that as yeah, well. Exactly. In, in the pipeline for years, like yeah. So this is probably like three, four years in the making, and to release it in that state is just embarrassing, really. Like compared to what FIFA have come out with, like you just can't, you can't do that. They sh- they probably should have just put a delay on it and said, yeah, we'll get it out. When it's ready. Yeah, because I think the negative feedback from this is much yeah. more damaging than if it had just delayed it for a year yeah. again or something like that. Fans, fans would have been like probably more alright with that. Just give us another <laughs> update like you did. Like fans, are literally, fans now are like, just give us an update of last year's pass. <laughs> we'll, we'll pay 30 quid for yeah. it, that's all we want. <laughs> but I think I think it needed to be good from the off to get the fans on, on board. board. Yeah. And now they force everyone away and they're like, well, I'm not giving that another chance. Like, <laughs> you, You've seen it before, like I think I mentioned it before, PES 2008 was broken online, it didn't work online. And at that time, there were, there were massive pro evil leagues online that depended on PES to like to yeah. keep, keep to keep alive, basically. They didn't work online. So they all switched to FIFA. I was a part of one that became FIFA League Manager. It was pro evil network before that. And uh, because they, they, they killed PES and... It was only that one bad incarnation, that one year, but it's took until now to get them back to the position we were in before that, and now they've done it again. (laughs) And they've just gone back to the drawing board, and they've got to lose, like, an entire generation of online players again, who who have leagues set up and stuff around it, like... Yeah, I I think it's it's bad in the sense that the competition between the two game series always drove each other to be, you know, a better game. It gives FIFA the opportunity now to just kind of push whatever shite out they want, because it really is the only football game in town these days, if you want yeah, to play it. Yeah, it is really good this year, so... Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. if, but, but then I, I can see the quality now sliding slowly downhill for the next 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, you need... I think Pro Evo will come back in a sense. Like, they'll be, they'll be you know... I'm I sure. So. Did, didn't they rebrand before? Like, I know it's... It was winning 11, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was ISS, International Superstar Soccer in the UK. Yeah. It was winning 11 in Japan. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then we, we changed ISS to, I don't know why they even changed it to Pro Evo Soccer, but they kept it as winning 11 in Japan. Got yeah. Little, little uh, nerdy fact for you. On the case of Pro Evo, they always have stars after the, after the title. So it'd be like PES 15, and they'll be like, I don't know, maybe 20 stars after. And that's for every winning 11 game that's come out. Like, Oh, interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah that's nice. So I went, like, PES 5 would have had like 10 stars after it, because it wasn't actually the fifth game. Like, yeah. See, that's, that's soulful. Like, there's no yeah, soul yeah. in a FIFA game. Like, yeah. It's just the most... There's a legacy cool. there to it. Kind yeah, of exactly. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. a legacy that they've just sort of like, almost like, referencing in a sort of like Easter egg way there. But yeah. Yeah. you go to the FIFA games, you are playing, you're just playing the commercial game there. Like, yeah. Basically, set blatter is just uh, getting paid for you to play there. <laughs> Even though there's no longer with FIFA, we're supposed to still getting paid some amount. To... <laughs> I mean, yeah. talking of soulless corporations, I mean, that is FIFA, but and rebranding, <laughs> yeah, they could yeah. be moving away from that soulless corporation. So, because uh, yeah. FIFA, that license is up. So, I think FIFA Whoa. said they want double the money, and the EA has gone. Uh, no, you can have no money. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, just fine. I, I should be surprised by that, but <laughs> yeah. it's FIFA, isn't it? It's just nothing to surprise. Yeah, yeah. It's like the most, uh, what's the most, um, it's most obvious, almost like criminal operation going. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, Corrupt, it's insane. Yeah. In plain view kind of thing. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So next year's FIFA, conversation marks, could be called, I think they've, uh, Copyrighted EA Sports Football Club. Or EA, oh, really? That's EA, terrible. EA Sports FC. That's terrible. Um, oh, but I heard a conspiracy theory years ago from one of the guys in Computer Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> he genuinely told me that uh, the reason FIFA sells better is because F is before P in the alphabet. <laughs> 
And then, like, he went on to say, like, that's why they've been called eFootball, because eFootball... This must have been years ago, then, because it was only recently they changed it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had, like, a premonition of the future. Maybe. <laughs> maybe I've just put this together in my head after he's after told me this. I was thinking, eFootball? E's before yeah, that's why they're But John, okay. <laughs> But now EA will be in front of EF. You've cracked it, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I know it sounds mental, but the idea of looking at eFootball and FIFA together on the same sort of shelf... You, I don't know you might look at that and go well eFootball's probably going to be well it's free isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah so it just blows that out of the argument anyway doesn't it because you're not going to go into the shops and buy it not so, anymore no it's free no. You, you can't even buy it it's not even no. on a physical disc anymore yeah no. yeah forget that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad about it I think it's a, it's a sad day that, that when that came out and yeah. it, was, it was absolutely trash do you know what I mean it'll be interesting the actual I mean it is basically a glorified demo but they start charging on November the 11th for the, the content like if you want to play the real game you've got to pay 30 quid to get like Master League and stuff like that and it'll be interesting to see if anyone actually buys that yeah. <laughs> is Juventus not in the FIFA game this year no they're right. in PES they're in PES last few are they in eFootball in eFootball yeah right. so yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I think there's a few others, John. I'm sure Roma aren't in FIFA anymore. Roma, uh, yeah. football. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. But just on the uh, on the FIFA thing, good news, did no longer tag with a corporate, uh, evil corporation. Next year it'll be a uh, UEFA 22, which is going to be called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, 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 cor- no corporate uh, alliances <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> I think uh, keeping on the... Soulless feature, but moving to real football. Yeah. Uh, oh, new, Newcastle. Liverpool. Oh, sorry, Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle yeah. takeovers uh, gone through. Right. I've never wanted a club to get relegated more than Newcastle. <laughs> I, I'm putting that out there now. Like, right. just, it's the worst. Like, football lost its soul a long time ago. Like, you know, but <clears throat> this is like, this is something else. This, when you, when you look at the cut, like, you stack up the money compared to everyone else's and where that money's come from yeah. it's it's the worst it really is bad yeah uh, completely agree um, I think like I'm not maybe on the same wavelength that like I want Newcastle to be relegated I think they are like I like Newcastle they like, football, yeah they're, they're, football club yeah like, can I, let me let me put my point across first then Tom and then yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it um, Newcastle is a side that I would always want to see in the sort of top 10 English yeah. clubs like they're, they're a big club but I just it's the Saudi Arabian money. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. I just, it's it's I need to see them get relegated. You're right. Um, like proper club, proper fans, proper enthusiastic for the football, know the football. But I think like the issue isn't really with well, not the fans and the club. And if the club's relegated, that's sort of um, harsh on the fans that support the club. The issue needs to be taken with the Premier League that these oh, yeah. that they've been allowed to take over. Uh, the club with that money yeah, definitely. and that the fit and proper person's te- test, person's test <laughs> which he I, literally <clears throat> butchered a journalist like less than a couple of years yeah. ago like <laughs> that, that's, but, who's in, that's who's in charge of this like, exactly yeah. but they've somehow managed to wrangle that that PIF is nothing to do with Saudi Arabia like <laughs> Saudi Arabia um yeah, basically, <laughs> there was a lot of concerns that like, oh, does this mean the Saudi royal family will own Newcastle? And they're like, no, no, don't worry, don't worry. On paper, they, yeah, technically, technically, <laughs> yeah. no, but no, officially no, but yeah, technically, kind yeah. of. <laughs> it's like when people make a company, it's almost they're not personally liable for something. It's yeah. Like, oh, it's like, I don't own this. The company own this. It's like, 
who owns the company. (laughs) It's called the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund. (laughs) It's the public investment fund for Saudi Arabia. Like, how can you differentiate between what what that is? (laughs) It's a bit like Joel probably goes like fill in the details for me, like go back to the Vince McMahon era, WWF, like 2000 or whatever. This is a bit like when Vince McMahon lost the company to mankind or something. (laughs) He lost the map, so like mankind was a new WWF owner in a storyline. It's like, oh, this, you know, we don't own Newcastle. Amanda Stavely owns Newcastle, the head of this consortium. But really, they're Vince McMahon. Yeah. Like, they're still owning the company. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting, it's a, it's a good segue, John, because like um, WWE do do the odd, I think it's one show a year in Saudi Arabia. Now, oh, of course. And yeah. this is just part of the whole sports Sport. washing. What was it called, um, that show? Like one night only? It's called the Crown Jewel. Crown yes. Jewel. Um, but yeah, it's a... Uh, They've literally like they do. They get paid something mental, like fifty million dollars a show for this. So it dwarfs everything they've ever done. Like they, their their money from every like previous WrestleMania is dwarfed by these random like crown jewel shows that they're doing once yeah. a year. And when they've been over there, the women are all covered up. They're not really allowed to like wrestle in what they're supposed to wrestle. That was after. After they had to fight for that, <laughs> it's like they originally weren't going to be on the show. Yeah, um, you you could see like female wrestlers getting like bottles thrown at them whilst they were walking to the ring. It's like it's a strange place. Well, that is quite sad, really, because W like wrestling and WWF in particular, people might have a pop at it saying like, "Oh, you know, stupid or for just for you know for, for lads or whatever." Like, but it's like they were way ahead of the game in terms of female entertainment, in terms of like getting getting female superstars, like, way ahead of football and stuff like that, and doing this. But then when you hear that, and they put just for money to go to Saudi Arabia yeah. and don't let them wrestle or even barely take yeah, part, yeah. it's like, you're better than this. Like, yeah. you, you were ahead of the game, ahead of the curve on this years ago. Yeah. Like, and you, yeah. you're undoing it with stuff like that. They had to argue, like, they almost had to, the women had to argue for to be on the show. And it's like, there were wrestlers that chose not to go simply because of the humanitarian, like, yeah. issues of traveling to Saudi Arabia and being attached to a show like that. Yeah. Which yeah. could happen with uh, the World Cup in Qatar, but whether any country does actually pull out of that. I don't whether, see it. Whether it's any uh, like powerhouse international team sort of like that might have a chance of winning the World Cup as well, whether they would pull out. It's just not going to happen. No. Like like you said, just... I, I mean, football's a... Tribal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you're only going to think of yourself and you want to win the World Cup no matter where it is. I, but I hate that. I hate it so much because that is... Gen- you're right. Yeah. And I hate it. That's like it's the worst thing. It is literally that, and it's like, oh, we should boycott it. It's terrible. But it's like, oh, we've got a chance. Yeah. It seems pretty good. Like, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're pretty good in Europe. So, like, yeah. <laughs> but there'll, there'll be Newcastle fans out there. If we, if we go back to Newcastle, it's like there'll be Newcastle fans out there looking at that team and going, Christ's sake, I don't want to be associated with this Saudi Arabian like endless pot yeah. of money. Like, I don't want to be associated with this. But they'll also feel, oh, but it's a chance to see Newcastle do well. Yeah. And it's, they, they'll, they'll be, that's, a, that's, that's, that's unfortunate they're put in a position that where they're having to put their morals and a team that they've probably supported their entire lives maybe for decades yeah. and they're at odds now. And that's horrible. And it's kind of like, obviously, it's not ideal, but they're probably thinking like, it's, it's the last of two evils having the, the Saudi royal family is only a company or Mike Ashley. It's like, yeah, we'll go with the, uh, <laughs> go with the billionaire. Uh. Saudi, Ar- Saudi Arabian empire or the sports direct empire. <laughs> which do I choose? But it's not the first time it's happened and it's not going to be the last time it's happened and it's going to keep going, you know, for, it's, it's a solo, it, there's a lot, I don't know. I was going to say football's not going to solve anymore, which I don't think is true, but it's, it's a, 
He's a very corrupt world. But just on the on the, that, that Newcastle thing, that people think that Newcastle are now going to win the Champions League and stuff. Look how long it took City to even co- get competitive yeah. in Europe. And they didn't have FFP to contend with at the start either. You know what I mean? They could just go <laughs> wild kind of thing. Yeah. Under FFP, Newcastle might never get there. It doesn't matter how much money you have when you've got to like work within constraints and stuff. Um, it, it, I mean, their new sponsorship will be... Astronomical no, compared yeah. to what it's ever been before. Suppose, like yeah. FFP is supposed to cut that out. That you're not supposed to just have like a a, fake. a tenfold increase in your sort of. Uh, yeah, your, FFP was created to stop this being yeah. a problem. Yeah. And like, obviously, I'm a Liverpool fan, so we're already like you know up there and stuff. Yeah. But and you shouldn't gatekeep anyway. But it. it you mentioned City then, John. Like when they got the FFP, remember when they got sanctions? Yeah. They all got. Oh, yeah. I don't think they all got pulled back, did they? But like a lot of them did. They weren't supposed to play in the Champions League, were no. they? And they still played, if I remember. Yeah, they got it. They, they got it restricted. Re- they got a fine in the end, I think. It was a big fine. That was yeah, it. a big fine for a company with like endless money. Like, yeah. And it's, it's. A fine for a company who'd been like fined for spending too much money. So I spent a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think, like, <clears throat> on that sponsorship, that was one of the points in the City one that. What they were being paid for the sponsorship of the stadium this year was way above market value yeah. for a team like that. It was and Newcastle basically. can't just do that. Yeah, and I think while City weren't like uh, punished for it as much as what they probably should have been, like excluded from the Champions League, it was because that was all like years ago, and apparently it had gone past the point of um, that you can prosecute on sort right. of like that that bit of evidence from years and years ago right but if they know what they're doing with Newcastle look into it straight away they might not be able to do that but they will they will become a much better team for having them there it does take a bit longer um, I do think as well like they might struggle to attract people to Newcastle yeah like the area is uh, notoriously been hit hard in the last 10 years it's not doing too well Newcastle and stuff you mentioned earlier that Paddy Power story about Messi going oh, yeah. to Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned that off there. There was a it was a Paddy Power article about uh, Messi leaving PSG to to join Newcastle. Um, you know, it's just Barcelona to Paris to Newcastle. But then <laughs> it's happened before, hasn't it? Like, look at all the first names who went to the City team when they got like injected with loads of money. Like slowly but surely, yeah. they end up with yeah. signing Sergio Aguero. Like that's what happened. Yeah. I do think like Manchester is a. a more attractive I would say proposal yeah. than Newcastle yeah. you know but uh, even then uh, players prefer to go to London so like yeah. players linked with Liverpool and well, Liverpool and United or City as soon as like a team from London comes in it's like oh I'll go there yeah <laughs> yeah look at Alexis Sanchez he's, yeah. he's probably a prime example of when he moved to London for a club yeah. like yeah. specifically for London was it for his wife if I remember correctly really yeah. well <laughs> I don't think there's a... Newcastle's not the glamorous destination, is it? No, I think that there were questions of uh, whether the government should step in to stop this happening as well. Ne- never mind sort of like the Premier League uh, fit and proper person's test. It's too little too late. Um, but the government just don't seem to want to step in with this this point. But like, they weren't afraid to step in when like the Super League was about and sort yeah. of like they are going to put their foot down with that and they had a bit of a go at footballers for not wanting to take a pay cut. With, with, with this... It's a bit like, oh, that's, uh, we don't want to get involved in the politics of that. Like. Hey, one of them, I would feel bad for the Newcastle fans if, if, it got, if it got rejected. It'd be like, you know, all the other people who have billionaire takeovers and 
and their one doesn't happen. But yeah. it <laughs> is different though, when it is this one is different. Like. Yeah, it's like your billionaire is a worse guy than your billionaire. Yeah. yeah. But I think it, it, it was like yeah, yeah. That, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. But. It's one of them things where like the ideal for any football fan ten years ago was like, oh, we want a billionaire, all it'd be amazing. And I think I put it in the group the other day and showed you guys. Eighteen of the Premier League teams are run by billionaires now. Yeah. It's like that isn't a that isn't a calling card anymore. It's like everyone's got a billionaire owner. Who like, are the two without a billionaire owner? Also, oh, it might have been three Burnley. I couldn't find out Burnley, but I imagine maybe they're not owned by a billionaire. And Watford and Norwich. Yeah, so it's it's, it's relegation fodder most yeah, years. Yeah. Maybe not Burnley, but you know, well, I suppose Burnley have been recently. Like. It's a relegation for them. They'll yeah. go down. They'll get the three win down. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Mike Ashley was a billionaire though. I think he was, in, yeah. But obviously the way he wanted to run the club was not in a billionaire like yeah. lifestyle. <laughs> uh, but it's it doesn't seem like enough now to be run by a billionaire. It's like Newcastle like, nearly run by trillionaires. Like yeah. <laughs> that's the standard just to be in the Premier League now. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, we, when we got bought out by uh, Machine, it was like, oh, brilliant, billionaire. Well, to be fair, we spent shitloads of money, but it's like, everyone else is now, so <laughs> there's, no, there's no step up kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think we'll get on to the main event of the Untold series. Oh, yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> I think we'll run roughly through each episode in, individually and then just put, draw parallels between... Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to give it like an overview kind of thing, it's a Netflix uh, documentary series and uh, five episodes. I believe yeah. is the one dropping today. I don't know. I, I knew they were being released sort of like they hadn't all been released at the same time, kind of thing. I feel like one might have been dropping. I only found out about today, but uh, been, there's been five episodes so far. Yeah. Uh, all, all I don't know, suggests telling untold stories of uh, across sports. Yeah. Um, five different sports and events and sort of like the interests of that person's life as well um, that they go into, which I've, I found really good. So I think to kick off, uh, do you want to go with the basketball one to kick off? Yeah, yeah. Can do. Um, so the first one, Malice at the Palace, um, story of a, a brawl between two teams, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Between uh, the Indiana Pacers and the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, from... 2004 was it? 2004. Yeah. I think both episodes we're covering today are actually from 2004. So this is a very... Of course, yeah. It's a very 2004 centric (laughs) episode this year. Very early 2000s uh, era. Yeah. 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 Can I just mention a couple of points I think that that cover all of these episodes really? uh, The first one is, I don't know if you guys got this, but I might be looking too deep into this. One thing that I think runs through, I don't know if this is an intentional thing or not, but... One issue that runs through every episode I watched was issues with mental health. Like, mm. did you did you get this? Like, mm. <clears throat> I've not watched the tennis one, but I, I kind of from the blurb, um, yeah. I kind of got like that. That's what that one was about. But yeah, it does seem like um, yeah. prevalent. All it's just, just an interesting thing that I, I don't. Do you reckon it must be intentional, wasn't it? Kind of thing. That, but I don't know because I, I can't think. Of, like, obviously with the hockey one. That, I yeah, I've got to admit that's the one that I'll, maybe my outlier, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I suppose you could say that's like the mental health of a, t- a C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like Marty Fish in the tennis one uh, is about how his career got cut short because of his mental health declining. Uh, uh, Ron Artest in the uh, basketball one yeah. talks constantly about his mental health issues and how he tried to deal with it and stuff. And uh, I found that fascinating. Oh, the basketball yeah. one, like him candidly talking about his 
problems with mental health. And when, uh, who, who was it who called him, said it was a cowardly thing to do for him to work? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was um, Jermaine O'Neill who, who, was said it? It, who said it was a cowardly move. Sorry, I feel like I'm jumping all over the place here, like, but it's just to do with the mental health thing. Like, he, he mentions three or four points that, like, about his own health and how he dealt with it and how he regressed doing it. Like, and I just found that element of it fascinating just watching him. Like, because he starts out, he starts out uh, at this point, he was called Meta World Peace, wasn't he? That was his official <coughs> name. Yeah. And he starts out by, he comes across as a bit of a braggart, I think, when he, when he first starts watching the documentary. Yeah, the first time his name pops up, like, I'm I'm not a big basketball fan, I'd love to know more of it, but, you know, when that name came up, I was like, what? <laughs> what's really with this guy's this name? Guy, <laughs> yeah, like, who's yeah. this guy? And you think, oh God, this guy loves himself, he's got to just make it all about him. But then by the end of the documentary, like, he seems like a really, like, introspective like character kind of thing yeah. <laughs> you know he's done a lot of thinking about himself over the years and stuff one, one, one particular moment of when he's talking about his own mental health that like struck me was that he said that whenever he's really low or really high he can't he can't handle it and it's like yeah, I, I yeah. thought about that and I thought when he's really really like buzzing and happy he can't control himself like yeah. he just doesn't understand like I, I imagine it on like a waveform and it's like I was imagining like he'd go too high on it and he just lose control of his like, yeah. f- like abilities to know what he's doing in a coherent way. And the other way, when he gets too depressed, he's just like on the floor kind of thing. And he, it's just like now he knows that what he's like that. Just don't be around people kind of thing. Yeah. Like, that's how he handles it kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. His whole career that gets covered in there is, is a it's a fascinating one. Like yeah, but like I say he mentions the bit where like one of his teammates called him a coward for for leaving and joining the LA Lakers, and he mentioned he says like. That's just me. Like I, I cannot tackle problems head on. So I literally take the coward's way out and just do, take the back door kind of thing. Like do, right? he knows what he's done. You know, he's like yeah. that, that's what. Yeah, I'm a coward. That's what I did. Yeah. I like, think, but as long as you can kind of own up to that and you know that, it kind of not. Well, I suppose it does make it alright. <laughs> I, I don't. I think it makes you feel a lot more sympathy for him yeah. because he's not pretending that he's not a coward. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like I, I know. I'm sorry. Like, I couldn't. Yeah. That's how I handled it. And like, but you're watching it, him talking in modern day and you're thinking, oh, he's obviously, he thinks that now, but you know, at the time he was probably like a bragging about it. But then it shows him uh, after winning the title of the Lakers, right after winning the championship <laughs> yeah. of the Lakers. It's like, yeah, I feel really bad for <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Jackson and Jermaine O'Neill leaving him at the pace. It's kind of, <laughs> it's like, wow, <laughs> that is amazing. Like, he's still on court, though. Yeah, <laughs> you're virtually like crying about how you've left his yeah. teammates behind kind of thing. I, I found that amazing. Like, I found that fascinating. Like, yeah. Because to be that, to be thinking about that in that moment of his exactly. life, he's just like, I'm, I'm pretty sure he only won the one what like the NBA championship yeah one with the Lakers I think yeah. and he sat on the court talking about the previous team and what had happened that, like obviously previous to his ban we should probably explain what actually happened shouldn't we like yeah. a bottle was from from the crowd in the uh, the Pacers yeah. Pistons game in Detroit um, well I think you should probably rewind a little bit further back um, Meta World Peace uh, as he's now currently known um, he, he, I think he does he body check or does a foul on a player when they are way up like way winning uh, I think it's like in the 90s against the 80s yeah. towards the end of the game yeah. there are let's say 10-15 points up mm-hmm. and in American sports it's kind of like it's kind of an unwritten rule is you don't take the pits but yeah. if you've won the game like Take your foot off the off the accelerator kind of thing and just coast it like. But after getting beaten in the previous year by that team, they almost went out there to prove a point. Yeah, there's a lot of bad blood kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So they end up, um, yeah, 10, 15 points ahead, running away with the game. He does a body check, or yeah, a, fa- a flagrant, a va- flag- was it vagrant or flagrant fouls? It called in in basketball terminology. 
flagrant, yeah. flagrant foul. Yeah. Okay. So we did that. Obviously, that wound all the uh, the fans up. There were three police in attendance, I think, to uh, <laughs> to keep control That's of right, twenty thousand yeah. yeah. rabid like basketball <laughs> fans. Um, three police on call. <laughs> um, anyway, it, so it, it escalates from there. Um, a bottle gets thrown, um, and yeah, he, he is it a bottle. Yeah, I feel like it, it's a bottle. I thought it was like a just what, what was it a cup? Like, no, cup. cup. I thought it was like, was like, a, it was like a full yeah. cup. Yeah, yeah. You saw it like having to make the comment on that. They almost felt it coming over in slow motion, yeah. flinging over. Um, Good shot. Oh, I was gonna. That's all I was gonna say. Like, no <laughs> get one, him in the team. No one acknowledges the fact he's hit him on that table from about three hundred yards away. Or something. <laughs> I was trying to. I was thinking, sort of like, if it if it just brushes him or sort of like just just misses. None of that. None of that even happens. So yeah. It just isn't a story. But because it's like full on hit him on the chest. Yeah. It's just like, and then all that happens wow. just from that one spark. But sorry, on the run out testing as well. That was another bit where like when you first meet, first start watching him, he's lying on that table. Yeah. And it's yeah. like that's how I dealt with things. I was thought, oh, take five minutes away. Go on. He's like, you don't look like you're taking five minutes yeah. away. You look like you're trying to wind everyone in the state up by doing that. He said that he was like, I knew at that point I was completely protected by my team. Yeah, yeah. Stood around me. I felt. Like, I think he used the words, "I feel like the big dog." Yeah. So like he was quite literally like lying there thinking, I am the fucking man right now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it, it's fascinating. So he ends up he ends up going into the crowd, starts a massive brawl. The fans are going mental. Chairs are getting thrown. Yeah, a, a crazy a crazy scene after that. <clears throat> I wonder if uh, Hurricane knew this. Uh, not Hurricane. Eridai knew the story. <laughs> seemed like he tries to recreate. <laughs> Much less consequence. Yeah. Well, I mean, the big, the big comparison is cancer now, isn't it? Like, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. The same thing literally happened. They didn't get a drink thrown on him, yeah. and just karate kicks the fan in the, in the, in the yeah. crowd. I'm always amazed. How did he know who it was? Yeah. <laughs> Both of them. It's like you're lying down on a table, and a drink hits you. You know exactly which fan <laughs> in the, in the twenty thousand capacity stadium did it. Like it took uh, the police to review like three hundred hours of footage or something from every angle. <laughs> also, he didn't actually know, did he? He went to the wrong person. Oh, he, he did. Punched, yeah, he, he went straight past the, the one right next to the person who threw it. Because <laughs> <laughs> they asked the actual fan afterwards, yeah. of, um, did you feel bad that? He got the other guy, so not really. I know, I know we are jumping all over the place, but they, when they interviewed that fella who threw the, the drink at him, yeah. I couldn't believe how, like... I loved how blasé he was about exactly, it. Exactly. I loved it. Like, he started a massive riot, got loads of people, lost loads, millions of dollars were lost for, by people. Uh, um, people had to do community service, there were people with criminal sentences, and he's just, like you said, just dead blasé about it. It's so care. good. I'd, I'd like to think I'd react like that if that kind of thing happened. Like, to like, do you regret doing it now? When it, after he came into the crowd, and they're like, well, I don't really regret it because he went, he went after the guy. That's super. <laughs> what, what I don't understand is like, there's a criminal investigation on that fellow like, before or after. The news are interviewing him. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I have got a problem with how this is all reported <laughs> in America. Like, I've got a problem, definitely. We'll, we'll get on. We'll, to get, that, on to that. we'll get on to that. That's a that, separate that, whole point. That yeah. It, looking at it now, I don't think I would have realised at the time that be- the bent with that the media go at it with. Looking at it now, in twenty twenty one, it's like that is really bad. Like the way they're reporting on this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I, I think I heard um, that it was mainly the right wing uh, radio stations and uh, television stations as well that they were pushing it like that. pushing that narrative because you end up in the race route there. They never specifically say it's a race route in yeah. the show. They never yeah. mention it, but it, it absolutely is. It's a whole, yeah. 
it's the hip hop culture. It's it's basketball. It's it's very ingrained in like you know black culture. Yeah, and, and the yeah. comments that the, the media are making that it's blatant old school racism that they're doing. The word fuck. Fuck is a very like that 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 yeah, thug. Yeah. But it's exactly that kind of language, and they say all oh, these players they just don't know how to live in a civilized society. And it's like, yeah. is this the nineteen fifties? What on earth? Mental. This yeah. is two thousand and four. Like, it's not even that long ago. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I thought we were past that at that point. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I found that like that really stuck out like a sore thumb. But just uh, on that guy, like you mentioned, John Greeny was called the fan who threw the other drink. Do you not think it was like they had a criminal case against him? Like I just found that ridiculous. It's like he threw a drink at a sports game. Like, but I, think get, I know what it caused, but I, it's not on him. Like, it, it came. It comes back to that media like coverage though, that they wanted to set an example to sort of like on everyone. Like yeah. even the, everyone involved, even the investigators that were saying or like. Uh, <clears throat> for the police were saying it was so unnecessary and it was so much work for so little outcome yeah. it's just like yeah. he uh, said none of these people needed to be like um, punished prosecuted whatever sort yeah. of that was the policeman saying it yeah. he was saying <laughs> yeah. there's people like committing murders and, that, yeah. and they're wasting so much police time yeah. on, on this oh, crazy yeah so one thing you mentioned as well before the pod in was just about how uh how it looked, the show and stuff. Yeah, no, like, I felt like this was... So I've watched four of the five. The only one I've not seen is the tennis one. But for, for all of them, um, they, they seemed, like, really well, like, come across as, as cinematic documentary. Different to a lot of documentaries in general. Uh, but I feel like this is a trend anyway with documentaries and particularly what Netflix is doing. Netflix documentaries are sort of like hitting it out of the park at the moment. Sort of like, and these these show it. I think these are all really good, all up to a similar standard. And um, but just the way it comes across as like really cinematic and the talking heads, I feel like are really good. Can I just jump in there though? I do feel like the basketball one and the hockey one are above the other three. I don't know. I should have checked the director the directors before. And I'm pretty sure they're all directed by different people. Yeah, but. It's as if like documentaries have got a bit stale in the last five years because like there's a lot more documentaries now being made and they all follow the same format of the talking head just talking at the camera. Yeah. But this one, the, the, the basketball one and the hockey one in particular, they find ways to make it look like nothing you've seen before in a documentary. Yeah. The hockey one, they've got people down uh, uh, by the side of the ring, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, on chairs talking. Like it's just a great location, like and it looks amazing and stuff the way they light it and what have you. And in the basketball one, they have like. Uh, like when our test was not on his sofa at home, it looks different to other other documentaries. The way they shoot it and stuff, yeah. it looks a lot more cinematic, like, like you were mentioning. Like I think it is the the basketball one, but they like everyone that they're interviewing sort of like has a um, still camera in front of them, and then they have a separate camera to the side of them. The, the, but, but even, yeah, yeah, you get to the it's really simple. Kind of just between cutting between those, it's sort of like it isn't just your standard talking head shot from the same angle with a playing background it's sort of like there's more interest to it um, yeah well, you, can, you can tell there's one shot of Reggie Miller when, he, when he's on camera and the, the camera in front of him is like in front of his trophy case yeah. it's just like you can tell whoever's directed this has a knife like that looks good that shot like down yeah I mean obviously they're all big guys but Reggie Miller seems like taller than everyone else yeah but he 
And it also seems like he was the big man out of that team, sort of like, or the, everyone knew he was the best player, or like technically the best player. So that's, they're going to make him look yeah. maybe the best. Plus, the story isn't really about him. He doesn't really get involved because he wasn't even playing. No, he's, no, a, he's, he's, he's the legendary player of yeah. the team, isn't he? Who's kind of still there. Yeah. Never won, never won like a, an NBA championship. Yeah. yeah. But he, like, he is shot like a hero. Yeah. Yeah. He gets the hero shot, literally, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, on the Reggie Miller thing, that is one thing that I, I hate it when they try and push these kind of agendas in these documentaries. They're like, oh, we're just gutted, we couldn't do it through Reggie. And it's like, it wasn't a given you were going to win it that year. Like, you know what I mean? Don't, no. be, don't be acting like you were going to, like, walk, it, walk your way to the championship, because I just don't like that kind of thing when they make out as if, like, we blew it through Reggie. And it's like, mm. you probably would have won. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, from, from, because I, I watched it thinking, like, I, obviously, I don't know what the state of NBA 2004 was, but, they were like one of the best teams they, but they yeah, may not yeah. have been the best team like the Spurs were one of the teams that were possibly better than them at the time yeah um, I think it's one of them where it's one of them what if could this yeah exactly. if, so what, like, so what if the element to it yeah, it, yeah. yeah there's the, that absolutely a massive element of that yeah, and I'm fine with them kind of like mentioning it, but don't act as if like you were, you were gonna, you would have won it if that hadn't yeah. happened it's like yeah. that's a bit too far yeah. kind of thing yeah, yeah. but just on, on the, the cinematic thing that's the one thing the other three documentaries they still look good, but they are a bit more in that talking head thing where, like, yeah. the tennis one, it's just Andy Roddick and thing, you just sat talking to camera in, like, Roddick's living room. And it's just, I think the, the lighting issue, when you look at the basketball one, you know how to light it, it's got the shadows and everything, like, and it's lit so well yeah. in the background. Yeah. Whereas Andy Roddick is just sat on his couch in daytime, like, and it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't have that same impact kind of thing, but yeah, but these two in particular, the hockey one, and, the basketball one. I'd be interested to know who directed them both, if like, they were the same person or not, kind yeah. of thing, but they look similar in how they were being shot. I think, I think you're right, there is probably a split between them, sort of like the ice hockey and basketball one between the others. I think the others have a lot more narrative to them, so you probably have to spend more time with the talking heads and people's opinions. Whereas the basketball one and the hockey one, like, they're almost comedic stories uh, that you can, you can show and not have to tell. Yeah, definitely. Like the two brothers in the, the hockey one, when they're like, the banter they have back and forth and yeah. stuff. That was really good. <laughs> they, wasn't one of them just cutting the other one off all the time? Constantly, yeah. You've done it again. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, lo- looking at the basketball one, I think for me, uh, I don't know if I've been spoiled by the last dance and watching that recently, that, because yeah. that for me is like, that's that's almost the standard now of yeah. Sporting documentaries for me, it was, it was so good. Um, and obviously, you look at a similar source material, it's the same sport. Obviously, The Last Dance was about a series of years, years like you know, an all talk. Yeah, about it. you're talking about Michael Jordan, the best basketball player ever. <laughs> and then, this is we're talking about a you're, you're talking about an incident in a vacuum, like that's what we're talking about with the. Like, yeah, the yeah. untold like episode. Yeah. So you know, it was never going to be as good as the last dance. It's because the the scale of the last dance is like yeah, huge, huge in it. And yeah, exactly. This is one yeah. contained little thing. It's the scope of it, isn't it? It's like it's like this is a much smaller scoped story. So as much as I really enjoyed it, I do feel like I was spoiled by the last dance. <laughs> I do. This is why I love it though, because it feels like a mini last dance. Like they're doing the same things. That's why I love that bit with Ron Artest that they have the footage of him after winning the thing. They have all this footage. And that have been interviewed at the time, and then now the modern day footage of him being interviewed in front of camera. It's like the Michael Jordan thing where they had the footage of the time, and the footage yeah. of him being interviewed at the time, and yeah. now I'm commenting on his interview from, the, from back then kind of thing. Yeah. 
that's some weird, weird meta yeah. uh, <laughs> modern day thing. Like, yeah. I think it is good that they can get all these people to do those interviews, though, because I think there's a lot of football documentaries where it's like you should have got this person or you should have got that person on to talk about like those events it's like I'm sure there's a Gaza documentary and it was really underwhelming of who they had on to yeah. talk like, I watched Talking Heads it was, but with this you get everyone from every point, every point of view of the story I think can I jump in there John? yeah yeah <laughs> to you're about to jump in I think um, I'm pretty sure I read there was, there was one other player that got an even bigger ban than the rest of the players that wasn't on the show Right, I fact check that now. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure there was a there was a player missing that yeah. they almost didn't mention at all. Right. And yeah. Well, I think in Munster hit on something there that like we obviously we covered the Tottenham Hotspur, uh, what was that called? The last dance. All, all or nothing. <laughs> all or nothing. <laughs> uh, we covered that and I think I definitely didn't like it. I don't think you guys enjoyed it that much, did you? And like this these shows look way better than that than that did. That looked like garbage. But there's a thing that you mentioned with the Gaza documentary. There's a thing with like the English filmmaking. They don't want to offend anyone when they're making yeah, these documentaries. Yeah. It's all like a puff piece almost. It's like, and Gaza, you can dive into some holes with Gaza kind of thing. <laughs> you can go down some very dark avenues yeah. and they don't. No. You know, we, I know we cried a couple of times on camera, like, but, but in this, you've got people calling other people cowards and stuff yeah. and people calling each other out in, in the documentary. Uh, in, um, was it? It was like in Last Dance they were showing Michael Jordan like clips of what other people have said in their interview. Well, it was like, in fact with Reggie Miller, wasn't it? I think yeah, uh, right, yeah, 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 yeah laughing yeah, at the yeah. fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And English, English, it's this thing where we can't offend, can't offend the subjects of this documentary. It's like you can. That's what makes it would make it a good documentary. Like, exactly. or just be truthful at least and tell the actual story that happened. Yeah, and it, just like for the amount of people that they get on though, like I think the ice hockey ones. Just they get everyone like even just down to yeah. the fans like just passes by. Yeah, <laughs> passes by, it seems just, uh, obviously diehard fans, but they have like you just get their point of view and you get like the the team players' point of view, manager's point of view, police point of view, FBI point of view. Yeah, <laughs> and not just fans like they get like uh, is it a, a man and his wife who's in the wheelchair? Yeah, they like a couple. Like just absolute average Joes, regular yeah. people. You know, exactly. what I mean? it's not like not like the Tottenham documentary where they found this little Korean fella who waves <laughs> at cars going past with a Tottenham shirt on. Yeah. They get like average, real fans who yeah. were there at the time and get their opinions, as opposed to these. Uh, they don't like root out these middle class people who won't say anything offensive on the documentary. <laughs> Uh, I did be fact checking. Uh, yeah, I, am, yeah. I, I am wrong on that point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I made that up. It's good that you are up to. Live fact checking. No emails, please. <laughs> oh, really, so just to mention on, on the depression thing we mentioned, one bit where like with Ron Artesti, like what what were you doing? Is when like he told him that he had a death in the family, and he turned up at an award show a few yeah. days later, and you're like, yeah. you can't defend that. <laughs> I know you had issues, but that is really bad. Like. <laughs> How did, how did you both feel about um, Jermaine O'Neal? Because uh, he obviously presented as, you know, the, the worker who ended up getting involved, um, who, yeah, who ended up never winning an NBA final ever in his career. I think it was down to injuries, though. Like, you know, injuries kind of scuppered the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. He blamed this incident, you know, in the documentary uh, for ruining his tra- trajectory, his career trajectory. Tra- tra- <laughs> <laughs> Three times to try that. Um, 
Yeah, I think uh, I think you can draw parallels with him and uh, what was the what was the legendary player called who never won one? Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller. I think you can draw parallels between those two. Where they both both playing for the, the team and stuff, and both they both never won an NBA championship, but he was almost seen as the guy who was going to fill the shoes of him. And yeah, he just never he was never able to reach the heights of you know Reggie Miller. Yeah, that was one of them things that I don't know whether. I don't know enough about the NBA. If it was NFL, I'd probably know the, the, the back, background to it, but is Jermaine O'Neal, was he that good? Or are they pushing that in this? As if like, because it makes for a good story, you know what I mean? Like, what? Well, I, don't, I don't know if he was that good. From, from, from the, the research I've done, he was, he was known as one of the, you know... So he, the up, he was a talent. Like, he was an up-and-coming name. Like, it wasn't like he was just some complete, like, schmuck. Like, he, yeah. he, was, he was one of the top young players. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... it's I think uh, yeah, it's it's almost like you feel you feel a bit sad for him that he ended up getting roped into that. I think he's is he the one who throws the punch when he's sliding along the floor and falls over? Or is that the one? Do, do you know which one I mean? Where uh, oh yeah, I know you, I know which one you mean because of what Richard Miller says about it. Mm. It's like if he'd have connected with that punch, <laughs> that fan would have been yeah. dead. He would have, <laughs> like, he would have been dead. He'd have, <laughs> have had a blackout. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he connected pretty well as it was. Like, <laughs> but it's a, it's, a, it's a great visual of him sliding in, falling over, and still connecting with a punch. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very good. You mentioned the. I kind of went back on this point a bit, but when it started off this documentary, I was like, oh, they're not doing this again. I know they've got to explain it for people who don't watch basketball, but they threatened to go into the whole, like, or oh, the history of the Indiana Pacers, and it's like, yeah. you don't need to do that. So, like you mentioned, it's a contained story. Yeah. Just, But they, they, do, they do get away from it pretty quick. But they, You know what I mean? It's that whole thing, like, we don't need to hear the backstory of the franchise in every documentary you watch. <laughs> like, you can just get straight to the point. Yeah. People understand what a basketball team is at this point. It could be team A versus team B. That's not. It's not about the teams. It's no, about exactly that yeah. one incident in the in the. Yeah. Well, not the game, but like that one incident. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, just a couple of quick points that I liked when they are when the, the players are getting escorted off the pitch. Some of the soda that gets thrown and beer gets thrown yeah. at the players is class. Like, <laughs> imagine <laughs> how like. I'm pretty sure when our test is like trying to, it's turning around at one point and you know, like trying to get back and fight with someone, people pushing it, and he gets just a face full of like soda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the the reaching over the banner, like banners, the, just pouring cups. No, like. it, I've got no, there's one fan, and I don't think I think it's the later people who are coming off. He almost does it a bit cheekily, just stood yeah. out, and then he just goes, <laughs> just jumps in the back of the head of a player. <laughs> But imagine how like sticky and stuff that would be, like oh, just in a full yeah. cup of seven up just thrown on your head kind of thing. Like <laughs> you're annoyed as it is anyway, then that's That's the thing, like it's so undignified kind of thing. Yeah. Like you're trying to seem like the cool hard man, you get like a, a cup of soda thrown at you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I mean, the only the last thing I've got to say about the basketball episode is um I think it was Steven Jackson was his name. He was the he was the other one who uh, I think he described himself as a bit a bit street like he was the angriest one like yeah yeah like like our test but he probably was a little bit more controlled of his emotions maybe yeah um, yeah the way I love the fact that he ran in to uh, you know save his mate like yeah. he, he runs in starts swinging yeah it's like, do you know what fair enough it's it's you see the show is shot about six or seven times in the episode where they're walking back. Uh, uh, I was saying backstage, like back back <laughs> towards the lockers, yeah. and 
And he looks at the camera and goes, we ride together. It's like, <laughs> spinning a mad, like a big brawl with like loads of fans. You don't know yeah. what's going to happen. And he's coming out like that, like proper ready for a fight. Mm. It's great. Yeah. Like, yeah. And instead of one point, it was like five versus 30,000 or yeah. something. Like yeah. But like, I felt that watching it when, when they said, like they looked around, they said, there's no police here. It literally is. It's us here against 20,000 people. Yeah. I, I I looked at the, the shots he was showing and I felt that. I was like, that's insane. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I, I love on that as well, like the fact that even that like, regiment wasn't safe. He was there with yeah, his suit, so yeah. and there's that one policeman like threatening Mace in his face. It's like a <laughs> basketball game. They don't know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> the one, one, sorry, one last thing I want to add is that fan who walked onto the court and oh, got yeah. punched, and he's, he's yeah. his whole talking head bit is like, oh, um, you know, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna like hit him or anything. It's like he walks up to him, clenched fist, yeah, yeah. Like, squaring up, like, kind of thing. Don't try and pull the ball over our yeah. eyes here. The, your, you, you, what were you, what were you doing on the court? Yeah. Like you walked up to him, like you see him. It's, it, oh. it was determined that the player, like punching him, that was in self defence. Yeah. Even though he punched first, and I was glad, like because it was clear what that fan was going to do. Yeah. yeah. So like, I felt like the player was was within his right to do that. It probably felt like that guy was saying like, I wasn't going to punch him once I seen how big he was. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I stopped. <laughs> But like, yeah. one last point on the fans. You put a picture in the group show. What do you think of that buddy fans with the uh, <laughs> with the Detroit Afro and shit? Uh, I'll be honest, I loved it. It's just very American. Wasn't yeah, it? <laughs> I thought that was class. Like, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't get much time in the documentary, but I'm glad like they uh, just threw him in there. Like, yeah. Dude, you're right there, Sam. I can't, he only pops up no, maybe. One time I think it is one time. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they've got him in with the full proper camera setup. He's coming sat in a room. Yeah. Sat there with his gloves on, hands clasped. Talking about yeah. <laughs> going to a basketball game sixteen years ago. Do you reckon he went to that stadium dressed like that? Yeah, I really <laughs> with the shades on. Oh, yeah, it's it's yeah. Some of the some of the fan bases in America, the, yeah. there's the certain sections which are absolutely crazy. <laughs> I suppose like like we say, it was one contained incident, but it did have a pretty major effect on NBA that. <clears throat> They all sort of like got dressed up after that, like yeah. for games and stuff like that, and the whole attitude of turning up to games changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 whole attitude changed, didn't it? No, I, I enjoyed it. So my, my final thoughts on it. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I feel a bit spoiled on basketball documentaries after the last dance, but yeah. I, would, I would definitely recommend this. I think it was a, a, a very good show. Um, it. There's a lot of surprises in there, even when it be in 2004, you still look at it and go, this feels like, almost like the 90s or something. It, was so it does, it feels like it. Yeah. I, I was shocked by that watching it, a lot of these. I was thinking like, the Marty Fish one with the tennis, a lot of it was like 2000s. I was thinking like, when I watched it at the time, it felt so modern. Look at it now, it feels like everything else from the yeah. 90s. It's like, it's like a teenager <clears throat> when that came on. Like that that yeah. wasn't that long ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think like, there's the quality in sort of like, Production of sports has like just taken massive leaps since yeah. since around that time. But like, because it showed the footage of the fan throwing the cup, it's just like two pixels. Just like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, what's he? What, he's like, <laughs> moving through there. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, they, they, they did show that too much. Not not the yeah. specific throw, but when they were showing shots of the crowd and stuff, and you could see literally nothing. Yeah, and I was like. There's no, there's not that much value to looking at this. It's like I get you get the impression of like chaos going on everywhere, mm. but I was looking thinking this, you couldn't see shit in some of those shots. Like. Yeah, definitely. I was thinking that how did they even identify the guy? Exactly. Like, you can't make out just a blow of pixels. Like yeah. you can make anything out. Like. Yeah, but yeah, I loved it. 
I think um, we'll move on to the hockey one, but I'll start with just a comparison of like the hockey one is more recent, but the footage from that is so much better. And you have almost like fan footage of like people on the phones and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. Like you get to see some of those fights pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But, <clears throat> yeah, the uh, the hockey one. I think this was my f- my favorite one. I loved this <clears throat> myself. Just because it's such a insane story that I was like, is this even a real story or is this like just a made up documentary? I, I literally had yeah. to go check because everyone in it seems like a character. Is that like a part has been written for those people? Like, um, can I jump in on that? Yeah, go head coach. Yeah, that is an actor. I am not <clears> having that. <laughs> Is a real person like that? Is Telus of Alison Coljack playing that <clears> part? <throat> you know, the bald guy with cigar. Oh, yeah. Oh, what was he's, he's um, I've got him in down. Was his uncle Jim? I thought he was like the equipment manager. Was he? I thought oh, was he was the equipment manager. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was the equipment manager. Who's the head coach then? So, John, you're, you're, you're talking about T Bone, uh, the equipment T-bone. manager. Is that who it is? Smoking a cigar. Uh, yeah. Definitely straight off, <laughs> straight off a of mafia. Like, but, yeah. Also, oh, maybe it was his whole his old head coach from school or something. That might be where we're getting. Yes. Confused. No. Yeah. He was. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, but you he saved was, yourself there, John. Yeah. I think he worked <laughs> as equipment manager while he was like a coach at school, and then got he hired him as the equipment manager, right, knowing right. him from school. Should we um, give a rough outline of the, the story, or do, how do you want to go through this? How, how should we? How should we go through it? Uh, James Galante. Is J- Jimmy to his mates. Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> We're not his mates. Um, he is owner of a, a trash haulage company. Uh, so operating. It's the only haulage company in town in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, it is now. <laughs> um, operating across the state and sort of like making a name for himself, doing that, making lots of money, uh, but sort of like lots of backhanded money as well. Um, but he is sort of like seen as the mafia. Or a mafia boss, isn't he? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Organised crime, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, definitely organised crime. It, it did sound like he wasn't like the, the, to the level of murderer or anything like well, that. Well, they do mention a couple of times that the reason his trash company was in charge was they murdered the competition. I can't remember who, who mentioned that. I don't know if that's. Yeah. I don't know if that's literal. Yeah, I don't know if that was like, literally yeah. an allegory or yeah. something like that. There were definitely phone calls of sort of like or friends, 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 yeah. friends. like definitely <laughs> enforcing. <laughs> Yeah, like their own uh, their own law, um, but he he buys a franchise ice ice hockey franchise for his seventeen year old son. Yeah, AJ. Yeah, AJ. Yeah, playing in the um, UHL, the it's a minor league yeah. over so, in America. I think it yeah. is. It's like the second league down. I think. I think. Anyway. I felt like he was further down, but right. I might be wrong. They showed a graphic on the actual. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, and he AJ is like the general manager, and I like he puts together a team sort of like. Of uh, brutes and brawlers, I've uh, I've got a list of some of the names of these uh, players. Um, yeah, they may as well be wrestlers. Uh, <laughs> um, so as we mentioned before, uh, the equipment manager, his name was T Bone. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good start. Um, Wingnut. Yeah, uh, he's the one who bro- pretty much broke all his bones. Uh, yeah, you've got One-Eyed Willie. <laughs> he's oh, a fella. Yeah, I forgot about him. Fellow with one eye. Yeah, seems like, quite. Seems like a nice fella. But was he Russian or something? He was a. I felt like he might have been like French Canadian. I right, felt that's right. the accent I was picking up. But um, yeah, one eyed Willie seemed like a really nice fella to be honest. But yeah. with one eye, um, the Nigerian nightmare. Yeah, there's another one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
They were, and then the two brothers who yeah, I don't think they had nicknames, but you know we got a pair of brothers. But it was basically a team of shit houses. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, that is absolutely perfect for hockey. That is that yeah, is yeah, that is the most entertaining <laughs> entertaining lineup you can get. Not to go back to the basketball thing, but that's one bit where they mention about like when the, the basketball players are being called thugs and stuff and criminals and like, have you watched hockey? Like, <laughs> yeah. They fight every week. <laughs> but but they're, what, they're what white guys play that. So, but yeah. the, the, this is the, I was making parallels in my own head with that because I'd watch these back to back and it's like, I know, I know the NBA is a lot bigger, but they weren't calling the, 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 um, the trashers. Yeah, they weren't calling the trashers like thugs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they weren't using that like almost racially charged language exactly, to yeah. describe them. It was very they were lovable much, rogues, weren't they? They were lovable <laughs> rogues, exactly. Like, yeah. like record, boys will be boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the bad boys of hockey, like getting record, end up getting record attendances, don't they? Yeah. It's like, yeah. The evil empire. That was, <laughs> that was on a lot of the branding. Do you notice that? <laughs> I just felt like they hadn't even sort of like touched the puck and already the guy was like gloves off because didn't oh, he receive a phone call yeah, yeah. In, the, in the locker room before? Jimmy Gansy yeah. he, he said to him like when the puck drops you hit the first yeah. player <laughs> Jimmy literally put a hit out on a guy on a hockey game but said, <laughs> right first game of the season was first game ever yeah Is it, use your guy go after him here that was that was like a hit. That was like a mafia hit. Yeah. Bring hockey terms. <laughs> How was one of these players not nicknamed the hitman? I'm like, oh, that's got to happen. Answer. I don't think you could pinpoint one of them to be the hitman. Yeah. They were all like, it should be the hitman. That should be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were offered like cash incentives, weren't they? Sort of like for beating other players up. And yeah. Stuff. Well, like say the uh, I, w- I won't jump to that, but yeah, I'll come back to that actually. But just going back to the. Uh, just the, the foundation of this team and stuff. I think Joe will appreciate this, but the son, AJ, was a big wrestling fan. Yeah. We can see some mad home videos. Like, you see, like, <laughs> insane stuff. Like, before you say what they are, John, it's like, because they're based in Connecticut, I think that's the connection there. Ah, right. WWE headquarters is Connecticut. So it's, which it, it's makes convenient. Start, like. Yeah, yeah. It makes me start drawing lines between organised crime and the wrestling industry. <laughs> do you know what well, I mean? Well, you've already mentioned tonight what Vince will do for $50 million after a one-night show. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. Jimmy's yeah. like, I'll just back up this truck full of money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, like, it wasn't just one or two, like, big names there. He was having, like, at his birthday, what, it was, like, 10th birthday party or 12th Something birthday party. Like yeah. You've had, like, the Rock. Triple H, The Rock, China. China. Like, the big, the names of the day. Like. But it's, it's, what it's what I'm going to say. It's not like them turning up now. It's like, at their peak yeah. of, like, these are the names of the <laughs> people of WWF. Like. You've got The Rock busting out the people's, like, eyebrow. That's yeah. Like, I think it is, actually. I'm getting mixed up with the elbow. But he's doing, he's, he's doing the eyebrow of these kids at this, like, like private back garden party. Yeah. Like, pool, pool party. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> but, like, on that, like, obviously, he's a big wrestling fan. And like that's a, a obviously a huge influence in what happened in the sport. We were only talking the other week about the XFL show. The XFL didn't fail. It happened here. Eh? This is the XFL. <laughs> yeah. They implemented the XFL better than Vince McMahon did. Like, <laughs> that, like, I really feel like he combined wrestling and professional sports in a way that Vince McMahon failed to do. Like yeah. it, it worked here because he, I think he had the he had the balls to go through with it. Yeah. And just beat people. <laughs> I think that I mean that that's it, you know, it's like I I was surprised watching this that how accepted fighting is in hockey anyway. Like yeah. I knew it was always a part of the sport, but this genuinely felt like the point of going was to just see a bunch of violence yeah. as well as a hockey I, game. Again, like I'm not over the basketball, I'm not like I don't know ice hockey either, but like I thought 
while it was generally accepted to have fights in ice hockey, I didn't think it was like encouraged. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you have to have three fights. Yeah, I surely said like, what's usual is two or three fights a game. I was like, really? (laughs) Not ten. (laughs) Yeah, but they were going like nine or ten. Do do you know what though? Like, and when he put, he puts obviously. Jimmy Galante put AJ in charge of in charge of the team. When I started watching this, I thought he's in in charge of name only. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But you can follow AJ's thinking process as a seventeen year old has just grown up to what the end product was. Yeah. So it's the whole it's the whole wrestling connection. It's loving the mighty ducks. And like what he ended up doing was just merging those <laughs> two things together yeah. and having a real life hockey team. Yeah. Where it got to a point me where I was watching I when I when you first meet AJ, I wasn't I wasn't sold on him. Yeah. I was like, who's this goofball? But yeah. didn't take long. And I was like, this guy's this guy's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well they, they deliberately do that, don't they? They start yeah. the documentary, they show you him with his cap on and stuff and the shades. Then they have the commissioner saying like, oh, it's a punk, an absolute punk. And you're like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this, watch it in for an hour yeah. kind of thing. But like, you know what they're doing? Like, he's great. He's great. And then, like, you know, it's not they, long, is it, until you're looking you at it. On it. Like when they run yeah. our testing, like you, you completely flip-flop on it, don't you? And you end up thinking, yeah, it's great. Like, yeah. Yeah. If we're talking about AJ for a moment, it's like, have, have you both seen Moneyball? Yeah. yeah. So obviously, you know, on there, it's all looking at the stats and stuff, and it's like trying to build a team. You're not always going out and buying the best player. You're buying, yeah, you're buying yeah. on the best players. player for your team as opposed to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'd, I'd say that AJ took an almost warped moneyball approach to building this violent hockey team. Yeah. yeah. Because he was said he was looking at a team at who's making the fouls and stuff and like the fights and all that. So he was looking at who's going to check these boxes on my team. And I was looking at it thinking, guy's a genius. Yeah. Like, He's, he's looking for a team in enforcers, which is the hockey term for someone who's like pretty much going to go around and violently smash people around. Yeah. And he built that team, and it, yeah. it, it's a, it's incredible that it even existed. As a seventeen-year-old, it was like genuinely impressive what he was doing. I was like seventeen. What was I doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely could not have been running like my own football team. Like, yeah. but it's almost one of them things that maybe he couldn't have done that. Being older, he had to be at that age Maybe, to even that. have the confidence to be like that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, if he was a bit older and he knew a bit more, he'd think, "What the fuck? What would I be doing like that? Yeah, yeah. Why would I be acting like that kind yeah, of thing?" Yeah. But wasn't he, wasn't he still in school? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, he found out in school that he owned the team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people told other people. Told <laughs> him, like, <laughs> he was in the paper. In the paper. <laughs> but the, I'm sure there's shots of him in the school, like walk through the corridors, and it was like that. You only get those shots in movies of like people just like. Walking down the centre of a corridor, and yeah. it's like, wow, like, that literally happened to him in real life. <laughs> that is one big thing, like the home videos, again, we go back to, yeah. I mean, I've mentioned it loads about the last time, so the stuff, how you've seen the footage at the time compared with the modern day footage kind of thing, and you've got that weird dovetailing of the two. Just the, the fact they've got all this home video footage to refer yeah. back to, to like, and it's all like home wrestling, like diving off step ladders yeah. and stuff in the garden, like... It's like, I, I would just watch a documentary of his home videos. <laughs> AJ's home videos, just do that. I, I, do you know what though? Like, I think um, he was almost, he becomes the lovable goofball quite quite early on in it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, 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 was, I was surprised at myself for thinking, I don't know, I doubted him when you first see him doing the first like press conferences. Yeah, yeah I did, yeah. So, so that awkward, didn't really know what he was doing, but give him, give him a bit of time in it. And it's like, like you said, John, it's almost like a product of, that wouldn't have existed if he wasn't a 17 year old with a dad who's pretty much letting him do what he wants yeah you wouldn't have got that product like on that press conference they kind of they build it up by showing you modern day AJ 
being dead cocky it's like yeah I, I had one name in mind to, to unveil as the first player and I knew who that player was going to be and you kind of know where they're going with it you think like oh you're going to see him now being dead cocky at 17 being like Gretzky but then he's just dead quiet and yeah. nervous and it's like our first player Bob, Bob Gretzky <laughs> <laughs> it's like you didn't sell that <laughs> yeah to be fair though, that's I love that me when he the first play they sign, it's like they're almost tongue in cheek. This is the sort also of shit. Brent Gretzky in it, so yeah, I got it. Was it Brent? Was yeah, it Brent? so okay. yeah, Brent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, like um, they were like, yeah, we're thinking the first name, first name we're having no one else. It's going to be a Gretzky. And it's like because <laughs> obviously, if you were not aware of hockey, it's like Wayne Gretzky's known as pretty all much time, all time, Gretzky, yeah, all time, yeah. all time, probably the guy in hockey. Yeah, <laughs> just announcing what his younger brother. Great. <laughs> 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 I feel like uh, the commissioner had sort of like the same re- revelation as us about AJ though because yeah, he, he sort of like Brozel his name was uh, sort of Brozel he, he as the commissioner obviously had a job to do and like this team was going against everything that he stood for and the league stood for and he wanted to like stamp it out and then by the end of it he was like he's good mates with like yeah. uh, Jimmy yeah. he gets to call him Jimmy like, <laughs> yeah yeah I just yeah. felt like that's a, it's a mad sort of like how he went from one extreme to the other. He he almost takes the longest time to come around to it. Yeah. But yeah, he, at the end of it, he's there with the crowd in, yeah. in 102, in yeah. the, <laughs> section 102, which is behind the visitor's bench, where they just... <laughs> oh, oh, wait, oh, can we get into that for a second? Like, yeah. look, looking at the fans in section 102, when they're trying to have team talks... And they've literally got like trombones, <laughs> just <laughs> facing them, and they're just like playing all it. It's and just screaming at them. But like, it's not like you when you tell people that they might think, oh, it's just like a rabble of like young men and stuff. Like yeah. you look at the crowd, and it's like you've got all types in. There. Yeah. Like you could literally see like old women screaming. Like yeah. <laughs> these like, sure. extra there's, there's a bit where AJ is doing it, isn't it? And he, but. All there is is like this perspex bit of glass, like between them. It's like, the, but the players just there, sat there straight faced, probably trying not to react, but like, what the fuck is yeah, going on? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're talking about that. AJ's there with the camcorder, just like berate, <laughs> berating him. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the the exact name, but um, I think it was like in, in Zaggy or something. But he's the player who broke one of the guy's legs like the season before. Yeah, wingless. And, yeah, yeah we, he broke Wingnut's leg, and yeah. Um, yeah, when he's like. I, I wrote that 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 was a surreal moment watching the owner of the team <laughs> shoving a camcorder in the opposition's face and behind the perspex 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 oh wow <laughs> the glass <laughs> um, and just berating him and it's just like that's insane I loved it but yeah. like yeah. you just can't imagine that happening sort of like imagine today like, no. like one of the glaciers sort of like <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, there's a similar thing not to get off topic here but like in the uh, the Marty Fish documentary the uh, Breaking Point Tennis one I don't mean I don't know about this but Marty Fish in one game he was losing the game obviously really, really wanted to win and he just walked onto the side of the court and started yelling at the players saying you don't fucking win this game I win this game and he, and he, he put the other player off and it's like really weird <laughs> it's a similar thing where he just screams like he walks right up to the player and screams in his face like, like you are not fucking winning this game like don't even think about it <laughs> never seen that attack taking tennis before I know he'd be allowed like no. just going to abuse the, the opposition <laughs> but like on this though like one thing again a unique thing that this documentary has the access to all the cast they have yeah. Yeah. like the basketball documentaries we've watched are great and they have great access but they don't have like uh, high well 
alleged mob connections to, to them going <laughs> yeah. on and then have all the mob people in the documentary yeah they're all like, in it like <laughs> I was shocked by that because yeah. like they, they show like Jimmy and stuff and like I was thinking I'm going like, I'd have thought he'd be in like prison or didn't want to be involved with this but it's like he's he, well should we go should we progress we'll progress this okay. before we go but, but like I generally thought that like I was watching thinking like oh it's going to be about like this crime family we've got to hear it from this side of the story but then like wait he's on the documentary like <laughs> yeah. you know, like saying, why is he not in jail <laughs> even like the FBI yeah uh, as well and so Ed Adams is called the FBI guy they've got him in for a few interviews and it's like he <laughs> really he, did go all out kind of thing yeah. like. is he the FBI is he the FBI um, they had two FBI agents in there they had one that ends up being a defence lawyer for him uh, later yeah. on Ed Adams is the older one who I think he was in he was interviewed in a cafe and it's got like I think Ed Adams yeah he's the one he's the defence lawyer oh, right. <laughs> and you've got the other fella on here who was more or less going over the covert investigation the they're running stuff. yeah yeah but if you look at the history of um the uh i've completely forgot the name of the city danbury danbury that's the one so the, if you look at the history of the danbury trash it's pretty sure they only ran for like two or three seasons yeah. i think that's yeah, yeah they ended when uh yeah. they ended basically yeah you're looking at a time capsule of <laughs> a, uh like a city in connecticut and yeah it's like that's all you're looking at there and it, it's yeah there's a similar thing on Netflix that was out years ago called it's a baseball team that Kurt Russell the actor played for when he was a kid it's like the bastards of something I can't think know what it's called uh, but yeah that's a similar thing where like Kurt Russell's dad who was an actor owned a, this minor league baseball team and it was that thing where they got the whole community behind them and they had like a team of just like rogues and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, it's a very simple obviously they weren't like professional wrestling <laughs> I think bastards bastards of baseball that's it <laughs> I think yeah, it, it, you couldn't you couldn't write better characters than what's in this documentary. I think that's yeah. one of the main selling for me. That was probably the main selling point was the cast of characters. It's like they're Every, all colourful. Yeah, yeah it, it's Every, everyone they introduced. I was just like in awe of yeah. like when like they. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I just sat there like jaw drops sort off. Of, like this can't <laughs> be real. Like I I, I took a shine into a wing knot myself. Like yeah, I thought yeah. I bet he's a proper bell end. <laughs> but, like when he was talking about going, he went through all the bones he broken and like all the stuff that had happened and stuff and like you look at him and like all he wants is a fight and stuff but I don't know he, he came off like really genuine so Wingnut was the main guy who uh, met Jimmy at the end and like had a little tear in his yeah, 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 that's yeah, the yeah. guy yeah. do you not think he looks like almost like if you put Shannon Tatum in hockey and made him play like the worst hockey ever for like five years <laughs> I can and see get it. smashed up loads that would be him like. I can see it I can see <laughs> it. he's got this Shannon Tatum kind of look but like completely his face is smashed up <laughs> so like yeah yeah no, but like when you see him cry with Jimmy towards the end when they're sort of reunited after like 10 years away from each other yeah and like you see this this fella who's like went through like you know a lot of physical torture is like love to fight and stuff yeah. and then you see him tearing up at the, the, the presence of a, an older man coming in <laughs> And just giving him a hug, and he's like tearing up. And you're thinking, like, that's amazing. He clearly didn't know that was going to happen. And I think he was talking, obviously, just before that, they were going to time anyway, but he was talking just before that of like how much he owes, sort of like Jimmy and Jimmy yeah. as a yeah. team. Yeah. And then obviously, he comes in, like you say, tearing his eye, sort of like, which you wouldn't really expect. You're supposed to be this hard man. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. The way they pull it off, it reminds me a bit of like surprise, surprise with Silla Black. Do you remember that at all? Like, <laughs> yeah. They'd have someone in the studio talking about, oh, I love yeah. my sister, I'm not seeing her for years. Well, here she is, you know, like, <laughs> like, oh my God. How long was Jimmy stood there behind, like, oh, get on with it, like, I'm busy. Like, <laughs> I was thinking that they did the same thing, though, when Jimmy was doing his final, like, dialogue. 
There's a lot how much you'll just sum and stuff. And it's like, oh, that's a really nice thing. Like, I just love just love someone meet him and stuff. Like, yeah. and there's someone what's that from behind, and you're like, I know what they're doing, but it, it works. They've yeah. done it really well, like the way they've done it. And you're like, oh, look them together, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> but they've, they've done well as well with that, with both of those two almost like reveals of people walking into the interview and stuff. Like, you've just spent an hour and 15 minutes by this point, like, learning and like, learning, like, loving these characters. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, if you if you were told about them, you'd probably think, oh, do I, do I really want to get involved with that yeah. but by the end of it you, you've almost got the connection so when that when you see these real emotional connections at the end which yeah. are like modern day connections very good yeah, yeah. Very good. I think yeah I think that comes across really well that you actually feel for these people sort of like and you you do come to love them sort of like at the end and sort of, it does yeah. help the fact that they have all this home video footage and they show them that father and son they do love each other kind of thing it's not you know like they're just doing it for the cameras or anything yeah. like that he bought him a hockey team, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, do we, should we progress the story of the film? Because at this point, I think we probably said that we've, they've got the team, haven't they? But eventually, yeah. they, they never win. They never win the league, but they're always like, they're close. Yeah, they they really close did to get to a, you know, close enough. I think, um, was it, I don't know if it was 2005 or 2006 that there was the NHL lockout, which was the... Yeah, yeah. Was that based over salaries? From, uh, yeah, so I think it's always salaries. Like, it? They always okay. have lockouts in the NHL. Yeah. It's really weird. They didn't play... Like, 2018, they didn't play for a whole year. Because yeah. of the lockout, they just, done, they just missed the year. Like. <laughs> do, do I you have the name of the NL, the, NF, the NHL player who actually signed with them? Yeah, Mike Rupp. I think so, he was at New Jersey Devils at the time. Yeah. That's right, he just won the Stanley Cup oh, with right, the right. New Jersey Devils, hadn't he? Like, yeah. a year or two before. And I think... For me, that was the point in the film where I was like, this isn't just a minor league, like, you know, minor story going on. You've got an actual, like, NHL current top level player who's obviously locked out of playing at the minute. And he just goes and joins them to, to replace the guy who had his leg broken. I've always realised, though, you know what this is, don't you? This is Daryl Straw who's signing for the Springfield. What was it? it is? Watch the, the softball team. The yeah, the softball team. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The isotopes. That's literally it. Like, they've yeah. got, a, got a ringer. They've got Mike Ruffin to come in. Again, it's genius from AJ, though. Like, yeah, again, again. Kid, just yeah. now on that to yeah. sort of like go, well, not them are playing. Let's get one of them in. Like. Yeah. <laughs> you probably just watch the Simpsons and yeah. saw Daryl Straw be doing this. Like, I'll go get Mike Rupp. <laughs> well, like, that Mike Rupp comes in, doesn't he? And he doesn't really know what to expect. And obviously, he gets an, an absolute truckload of cash driven to his house. So he's yeah. like, why not? But, like, you can tell by the end of it, he's got a proper affinity for that team and, like, for what they created in that moment in yeah. time. Like, it's great. But that is funny, though. Like, on the back of that, you mentioned they paid him, a, you know, a, a load of cash kind of thing. Did they just give him, like, a duffel bag or something? This <laughs> duffel bag like, cash, they said. Come and meet Jimmy Clancy. He wants to give you a duffel bag. It's like... Uh. <laughs> but it makes me think, like, surely he's been investigating himself for accepting money like that. Like, yeah, he'd have thought so. I, I, the whole thing that was running through my head was... Every single one of these must what's have been investigated. If you're on a lockout, you can do what you want, I suppose, can't you? I suppose so, yeah. Well, if you pay your taxes, that's all that really matters. Where's yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as his taxes are filed. I, I suppose, yeah, if he, if he, if he says that, yeah, then. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah. under his belt, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, on that, like, they decided Mike Rupp, obviously, on a fortune. And they did the thing that, like, rugby league teams do in England, where they have salary caps, but everyone's way over the salary cap so they'll be like they'll, for example Joe they'll say like Joe you're playing win today we'll give you 10 quid but we'll pay uh, your girlfriend 2 million to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to answer, the answer the phones yeah. for us you know that's how they pay people yeah. they said partners specifically they said partners were getting paid a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so so they're doing the same thing but like this is how the team ended I think because like they brought the salary cap and that was one of the things that, that brought it down 
But they're like, how was anyone shocked by this? They had Mike Rupp, an NHL center, <laughs> playing for a, a minor league NHL. Well, yeah, yeah. One that only existed for like 18 months or so yeah. before. How did they not break the salary cap way before that? <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, so eventually, yeah, it gets sort of, he gets done, doesn't he? Jimmy Galante um, gets done, gets take, goes to prison for 10 years, is it? Ten years, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, yeah. Um, the team gets shut down in that time. Um, AJ sort of grows up away from that, ends up becoming. He, well, I suppose the final. I suppose I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here, but you sort of go towards the finale sort of of the show, and you can see, you see AJ's pretty much organised, pretty much a career in promoting boxing straight yeah. off his own. Back. Yeah, yeah. And you think, yeah, that's. Do you know what? Like he's he's come around from living the high life of you know illegal money and yeah I'm sure I'm sure some of that filtered its way into this new adventures <laughs> but that's a fully clean business that he built like um, probably with his previous connections but he, he's, he's built that himself and yeah and you look at him and it's like yeah you should be a promoter like that's, yeah. that's a natural yeah. thing yeah. for you to do like yeah yeah and it's, it's just great I think seeing a community to come together like that when they had that hockey team and then how it all sort of the, the show pretty much ends with Jimmy reuniting with a lot of the old fans and stuff who absolutely loved him and yeah it just baffles you when you think these are the bad guys like these are these are criminals and the community absolutely loves them yeah. I'm sure not all of the community <laughs> like yeah well that's a thing in America like because it's so so vast when you get a minor league like damn we've got nothing other than the minor yeah. team minor league hockey team yeah. like so when they have that, they all rally behind it. It's, you know, it's black husband, warrants and wolves kind of thing. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all you've got in the town kind of thing to rally behind. So yeah. there was that element to it that, like, say, you get grandmas at the games. It's like, well, <laughs> that's all that's going on. Damn good hockey. That's all we've got to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't know if you want to move on to. Uh, I can just mention a few points about the other ones if that's okay. Yeah. You, you've watched one as well. Yeah, just the, not the tennis one. Can I just, I'll just mention the tennis one day quick if that's okay to get out of the way kind of thing but this was my favourite one I thought of the five I absolutely loved it just the story and the stuff that it covered uh, are you guys familiar at all with what it's about like <clears throat> it's about the story of Marty Fish and Andy Roddick who were the two US tennis players coming through after their great generation of like Andrew Agassi and Pete Sampras and they were basically like manufactured by I think it was the USTA they were called to be the next generation like they were handpicked at a young age and put in this college this uh, training camp to be like you're the future like don't let us down kind of thing yeah. <laughs> they're like, like at 12 being like fuck <laughs> <laughs> and it became this, this, the story of them to have to grow up and go through the career but the emphasis when they were younger was always that like Andy Roddick's the, the big big dog Marty you're just there to be his number two and his wingman basically like uh, anything he wants you do kind of thing even to the point of when they left the camp at 15 or 16 uh, they invited the family of Andy Roddick invited Marty Fish to live with them again purely to be almost like if Andy wants anything you're there like that's what, that's what your job living here is like yeah. which is really weird it's a really weird like servient kind of yeah. role like in it it's like a living slave almost yeah but Marty Fish was a bit more of a playboy than Andy Roddick he was like yeah fine I love Andy with mates and stuff I'll do it and then I don't know if you remember like Andy Roddick won a, a grand slam when he was like in his early 20s it's like the next big thing yeah and then Roger Federer happened and like <laughs> and he never won one again like yeah. got to a few finals got beat at Wimbledon in the final yeah. stuff and Marty Fish was always still number two so he could never beat whenever they met them two he could never beat him 
But uh, and then Andy Roddick retired at thirty because he's just like I can't compete with fucking Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic. Like there's no point. Like he retired and Marty Fish was still floating around. But Marty Fish at that point was like, you know what? If I don't give this a real go, I'll always think like, what if? And I, this is why I like it because I remember it at the time, like in 2010 when he got really good. He lost like loads of weight and stuff. Started sleeping in a hyperbolic, it's a hyperbolic chamber. Yeah, is what they're yeah. called. Start sleeping in that. And like in the space of a year, he went from like 158th in the world to like seventh. <laughs> <laughs> and like it was just, I, I remember thinking like, Marty, when he, when he used to be like in like Grand Slam uh, late late ends of the tournament, I'd be like, Marty Fish, like he was from 10 years ago, but he was shit. Yeah. Like, and like, you know, they got to seventh in the world that year. And it's all the story about that, like how he did it kind of thing. But then he developed like mental health issues a couple of years later to the point where like he was due to meet Roger Federer in the US Open in America in the quarterfinals and he pulled out the game because like it was mental health issues mm-hmm. although he did play the day before a match until three in the morning which can't, I don't think would have helped <laughs> kind of, like, in terms of preparation but I absolutely loved it like I thought just the, the story of that and I, I love stories when like I kind of knew his story after remembering him getting a bit good but it gives you that different perspective on, on it kind of thing and it, you know you think you know something but you, then you learn the real story behind it there's a bit like that in the boxing one that when I come to, uh, but yeah, I just thought it was great. Uh, was that your personal favourite of all these untold stories, John? Yeah, I thought the, uh, the basketball one looked the best. I thought that's one of the best made one, but mm. I th- in terms of enjoyment for the, sh- the, sh- the story, I, I preferred this one. And I like as well. I like seeing aging sportsmen just out of nowhere become really good. I can't explain what I mean. Like, I'm sure there's other examples of it in my head where it's happened. Well, I mean, like Jamie Vardy is like. Late bloomer, kind maybe of yeah. You know, you know the one I actually to think of that's kind of similar. It's the Jordan Henderson thing. It's not that simple because he, he didn't get much better, really, did he? It's just that he became, he got a lot more successful in his later years, yeah. kind of thing. Like yeah. it's that kind of thing where like they've always been looked at as a bit of like a wasted potential kind of thing. Yeah, you're looking at a veteran. Yeah, there's yeah. The, the, most of my references are wrestling. Do you know what I mean? But it's like there's a lot of parallels with that, where it's like the older guy who's not really been known very much or. You know, that hasn't had the easiest career, and then suddenly, when they're a lot older... I'll yeah. tell you what, Adam Agassi did it as well. He won Wimbledon yeah, exactly. when he was, like, was dead young, and he went through a phase where he put loads of weight on and stuff. People were like, oh, Agassi's like, like, finished, and he went bald and stuff. But then he put a little bandana on, and came back <laughs> yeah. and lost all the weight, and he was like the number one in the world again. And like, I love that thing of like, yeah, the banana, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> uh, bandana, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that thing of like, people... Thinking you're over the hill and finished, and you, 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 am I doing? Am I? Am I being number seven in the world in tennis in a couple of years? I am. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> you're the current UK number two. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's that thing of like, the age of sportsmen. Uh, I, I, I really like that, that story, that, that 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 kind of angle to it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. Really? Yeah. The one I have seen is the uh, the boxing. Yeah, I watched that one. Yeah, which. I do think it was really good but there is more like I feel he gave like a really good story of sort of like how women's boxing became probably what it is today and um, sort of like how that came about and what she did for the sport but I feel like most of the there's a lot of controversy controversy sort of like throughout the other stories whereas that was very much like out the ring it was like that's where the controversy happened. Yeah, like definitely. The main, yeah, the main story. She married her trainer at a young age, didn't she? And yeah. The trainer was like what 15, 20 years older than her. And from her point of view, it's just a marriage of convenience because like he's my trainer. He wants right. the best for me, kind of thing, and he'll help me win all these fights, kind of thing. When 
she mentions in the documentary she actually uh, knew she was a lesbian from early on life, didn't she, kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's one of my, not my least favourite one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was good. But, like, again, in terms of it putting another context on things that you already know, I remember that Frank Bruno, Matt Tyson fight loads for me and kids like that. I think they had two or three fights when I was a kid and it was like, oh, Bruno's got to beat him, being, being English kind of thing, and never did. Mm. But like, I had no idea that she fought on the undercard of one of those Bruno Tyson fights, you know. You see the crowd there and stuff like that. They're watching women's boxing, like, you yeah. know, they're reacting to it really well, like, it's great. And she, to be fair, she was amazing, wasn't she? You know, like, a, yeah. when she started out. Uh, that was how long ago as well? We late 80s, like this. Late 80s, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so a female boxer, I didn't know what to think, you know? <laughs> no, it's like, you, it's, it's probably more common these days, obviously, but back then, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that that would be on that type of show. And Mike Tyson personally handpicked her to be on his undercard for the Bruno fight, yeah. stuff like that. It's interesting. Do you reckon yeah. he was trying to sort of improve his, uh, what, what's his, what's his, um, his uh, standing with the world <laughs> the way it's looked at maybe yeah yeah that's what I mean preempting it maybe like yeah. thinking like yeah if I get women as a lookout on it'll be a yeah. look good for me because <laughs> it did yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna Mike Tyson's a whole other conversation <laughs> future episode the <laughs> <laughs> life and times with Mike Tyson yeah but uh, I've got to I wasn't a big fan of her maybe, maybe just in present day again going back to the mental health thing I don't think it's too unfair to say this because she had like massive addiction issues and stuff hmm. She became like a cocaine addict and stuff like that. Yeah. But she doesn't take responsibility for anything I found. Like, her being a coke addict was a husband's fault, which yeah. I didn't totally get. Just a lot of stuff like that where, like, and uh, there's a bit at the end where she's on about how uh, if I'd have died, that'd been your fault, Mum, you'd have pulled the trigger. And it's like, whoa, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> I was a month to blame for this. Like, it's just like everything is someone else's fault, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. A, a bit of a victimhood complex. I hope I'm not to be some kind on it, like because she did nearly get killed by her husband. Like, <laughs> just drop that in. <laughs> Basically, the whole point of it is, Joe, is that her husband uh, did he shoot her? <clears throat> yeah, with her own pink gun. Yeah, <laughs> after, <laughs> pink gun. Yeah. After she was going to leave him, right, uh, through yeah. a woman because she was coming out as a lesbian. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he attempted to kill her, and he's still in. That, that's what talking about. He's still in jail now. And they're yeah. interviewing him in jail. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It isn't like the majority of the story of the documentary is sort of like telling like her story through women's boxing. It's only right at the end that you sort of get into like the nitty gritty yeah. of what actually happened to her and her husband. But all the time it's cutting to him and he's in jail and you're kind of going, yeah, why, why are you in jail? This is going to get explained at some point, right? Oh, I'd love the idea if they'd have like panned out at some point as the big reveal, you know, like later <laughs> on, like panned out and he's wearing an orange jumpsuit. Genuinely, <laughs> I feel like that's what it was. I, I didn't click early on he was in jail. I just thought it was in like a bland thing. But I'm sure <laughs> later on, I'm sure the camera's further back. Maybe. And you see that he's just wearing like plain like yeah. jumpsuit or something and you're like, <laughs> and it's like, this is why I'm, that's why I'm still in there. And it's like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, I felt that even though watching it. I thought, oh, it's been, it's been an okay start. So I watched that one first on uh, yesterday. I was like, oh, it's been an okay start to these four that I'm watching. Like, uh, I'll check how long's left. And it's like only halfway through. Because I thought the career was wrapping up kind of thing. I was like, well, what's the other half of this story? Yeah. And then that's when they get into the, uh, the whole attempted murder and stuff. But uh, yeah, I thought it was, uh, thought it was good. I, th- I mean, I I thought she was really good. I think I I probably liked her more than what you did from what you're saying. I because I just thought she was like really just 
brash and didn't really care what anyone else thought and she yeah. was just getting on with her own thing and it was like don't care I'm just going to do what I want like I feel like she has that attitude again I might be being really unkind here but she has that kind of attitude that it works when she's a, a boxer and she's winning constantly yeah. her attitude works in the world when everything's going for her as soon as it's not it's like oh it's not my fault it's there, it's there. you know what I mean yeah. it's like that that worked for you when you were on top of the world you've got to adapt now that you're not you know what I mean yeah. like but but she was still sounded to me like she was blaming everyone else for stuff that she was doing <laughs> yeah. I definitely definitely uh I definitely get that, like, from her personality. But, like, <clears throat> just on the Hot documentary with a whole load, like, again, the people that they get on there. Mike Tyson is interviewed. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. Uh, like, Don, yeah. Is Don King? Don King's, well, the, the, the show uh, footage on Mark John interviews at the time yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with her, like, yeah. But, like, they seem to just have everyone available to interview her when yeah. they're, like, and so even like uh, the girl like a, a first girlfriend and stuff yeah. wheeled out and stuff once yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just the way it's all put together as well because it's not just you get all of Mike Tyson's bit in one go like it's interwoven between us think like again it's, this episode is just really well put together to tell that story yeah definitely like I said just that fact that I got halfway through and thought it was wrapping up it's yeah. like there's a whole other <laughs> story I'm not even thought about this yeah. coming up kind of thing like yeah yes again very good my least favourite one is the Caitlyn Jenner one. Right. I feel a bit... I was going to say, I feel a bit like... Saying it that way, I, I don't mean to like damn it with Fade Crazy or anything. It's, I think it's still really good. I thought it was a yeah. good episode. It's just... It's, for me, it's much more of a standard uh, sports documentary. This is a much more straightforward. Yeah. We're telling you the story. It's not shot in the same way as uh, the basketball one. And she loves being on camera yeah. and... Like this one bit where like she's just on the phone, she talk to her mum. She's like, "Hi, mum. Mum, you're on camera." She, even her mum's like, "Don't put, me, <laughs> don't put me on camera." She's like, "Okay." I'm watching it, you're like, yeah, "I don't need to see this." Like, yeah. is, it, is it possible they were a bit more sensitive with the material with who it is, Definitely. simply because of the star power of Bruce Jenner? Definitely. Yeah, you know, it's not Bruce. Caitlyn Jenner. Definitely. I've just dead named, haven't I, on the yeah. podcast? I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Uh, Although she says. She still looks at like the Olympic win and still calls him Bruce. She refers to Bruce as a third person. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm, I'm glad that Bruce had a great life. Yeah. But that's over now. Mm. Okay. okay. So you saying that makes me think. Yeah, it it, it is a case of where because of because of who we're talking about because they've been you know didn't didn't they, didn't they win Woman of the Year recently. Like, yeah, a few years ago, yeah. We're not even talking like that far ago, like no, that yeah, long, yeah. long ago. Um, yeah. And like, I don't think I'd be unkind in saying this because I'm pretty sure uh, Caitlin alludes to it in the documentary, but she clearly had issues with with a mental health kind of thing. I don't think that's unfair yeah. to say, is it? No. No. Because she says that, like, you know, when she was, she was unhappy when she was younger and stuff like that, when she was bruised. Uh, but again, I'm not that bothered about the talking head stuff in modern day. That doesn't interest me at all, really. To highlight footage from the Olympics, I think it's amazing. Like the yeah. stuff they show, like of again, loads of home videos of him training for the Olympics. I'm like, this is. Yeah. Just show me this. Show, yeah. show me all these home videos. Like it's great. Those, and, those videos are class, sort of like of her training, sort of like like with the dog and stuff like that. It's yeah. just like the amount of footage that they have to 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 look back on. So, and even like the fact that his parents are in the crowd watching him in the decathlon yeah. with footage of them watching him in the decathlon. <laughs> they record themselves in the crowd and stuff, and it's like. 
how 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 does all that get done? And like, is it false to sort of back, like back then? There's no little like hand in early eighties. No little handheld yeah. cameras. You'd have to have like a, a guy in there with a massive like dolly zoom or something. Because yeah. <laughs> it wasn't sort of like he was up there to sort of like as a possibility to win. Yeah, but it wasn't it nailed on or anything. No. Like, yeah. Did we get any Kardashian appearances in this uh, documentary? You do, yeah. But again, home footage. Don't want it. It's uh, yeah. As kids, kind of thing, right. like uh, yeah, being sent off to school and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, They're not interviewed. Yeah, because um, I think he, I didn't realise he'd married somebody else before. Is it Chris Jenner, the mum? Yeah, he was married previously to that, and she's the wife he had when uh, Bruce Jenner was at the Olympics. What Olympics was it? I should have gone. It was eighty two, or it was. I'm sure it was eighty. I'm sure it was easy. I thought Sorry, it, was 80, it would have been 80 or 84, wouldn't it? Or 76. I thought... Was he at two? Yeah. So, like, and then won at the second one. So it would have been 80, maybe, when he maybe won. Maybe 80. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it was in Toronto, wasn't it? They mentioned it was in, like, Montreal yeah. or something. Uh, but, yeah, I thought the actual... All the footage of the Olympics, I was like, this is great. Like, I could watch... To make a documentary on the Olympic feet, like not, instead of this whole whole untold thing, just do yeah. an Olympic documentary on that. It's fucking fascinating. I do find it interesting as well that obviously, like twenty twenty one, like Caitlyn Jenner refers to <coughs> apologies, uh, it refers to herself as Bruce, but I do, yeah. person. I find that quite fascinating, to be honest. Not, not in a bad way, but in a in a really interesting one. Because how else would she referred to the pre- her previous self like yeah. that. I find that quite interesting. I think like it doesn't really get into that social side of it, sort of like where like of pronouns and sort of like what whether he, she, Bruce, Caitlin, what it should, what what the naming part is, because I'm sure like isn't isn't her son in it? Interviews. Yeah, yeah, and he he sort of like flip flops between he and she and. Yeah. Like. I wonder if it depends on sorry to jump in Sam uh, but I wonder if it depends on almost like the gear like yeah. I mean? like which which t- which place but in it, time I was thinking that and I was trying to keep track of that of whether but he he didn't like his, his son his yeah. son didn't say I'm doing it now <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder as well like is this a case of where like we mentioned Ricky Gervais the other day Gervais does a whole sketch on the whole death naming thing oh you can't yeah. death name anyone and he does a whole comedy sketch based around it if like oh we can't say that like they won't be happy and it's like do you get the feeling that like Caitlyn Jenner's not actually bothered <laughs> I was going to say that Caitlyn seems, seems the least bothered like yeah. about whether you can say what you want kind of yeah. thing but it's all the people who are building up this whole yeah. thing like you can't do that you can't do this and it's like you, you can do what you want I'm not bothered uh, I wonder if like the documentary just never really touches on sort of like that aspect because Caitlyn just isn't bothered yeah <laughs> I, I also think it's a hot topic and do that do that wrong and you're just going to get pelters on Twitter right? mm, definitely like, yeah I feel dodgy talking about it now like, like, yeah. yeah yeah but I think I think we've been fair though don't you apologies if we haven't yeah <laughs> I'll still a postcard if we haven't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I enjoyed it like I say, it's still a really good documentary it's just the modern day stuff just doesn't draw you in in the same way the other ones do they haven't got anything there to go with like mm-hmm. Other than the fact, I think they do mention she, she was woman of the year and stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah. they show you some footage of her uh, when Bruce first had his Adam's apple removed and stuff like that, like, and the media were hounded on the streets and stuff like that. They, they show all that side of it. 
Yeah. No, I'll get on that. And uh, yeah, the other two. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the series as a whole uh, from the yeah. two I've watched. I've only watched basketball and hockey one. But yeah, yeah I've, uh, I'm, I'm ready to watch the, the other three. I think if Netflix keep on, like you mentioned before, if Netflix keep on shunning that stuff of this quality, they've got the they've got the documentary, the true life documentary market selling up kind of thing. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. They've been top quality, haven't they, recently from Netflix? There's been some yeah. amazing stuff. They should just partner with like ESPN full time and just do sports talks. Like yeah. the two of them combined, like I think that, that's what happened with the last dance once. It was ESPN's thirty for thirty going on Netflix Netflix's platform kind of thing. So they should take yeah. over the all or nothing and see if they can do a Premier League one properly. Imagine like if they do though. Netflix buy all or nothing. I'm like, oh, finally, this is out of the same. Maybe it's something about football because, like, obviously, like football in in films in general, can't like it's really hard to like replicate. Yeah, football. So maybe it is just hard to do a football. I don't know why that would be harder than any other sport. But I, I think it's because <clears throat> to, to be good at basketball or American football, to look to look good on film, you've just got to have good hand hand eye coordination. You know what I mean? Just to throw and catch. Like, you can get away with a lot. Like, a white man can't jump. Wesley and Woody look really good with the basketball stuff. Because they're not great basketball players. They've just got good hand-eye coordination. They've probably played a bit. In football, if you've never kicked a football before, it's really blatantly <laughs> obvious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can just tell, can't you? If yeah. someone's never played football, it's like, fucking hell. Have you ever swung your leg before? Like, <laughs> and when they get actors in who've never played football, it's just so blatantly <laughs> obvious yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I look forward to Netflix is all or nothing uh, <laughs> coming, coming soon. <laughs> but no, I agree with you, Joe. So like the whole series is great and definitely recommend that for anyone to watch. So, yeah, very good. Are we giving it a star rating or we're not? I, I, can, I can give it a star rating if you want, yeah. I have got, I, I can give, I can give star ratings as well. I'll give it a five. All, yeah, all the, the whole, the whole, whole thing a five, together. yeah, I love it. I can only rate the the I can I'll rate them the two I've watched in a vacuum. Uh, I'd give the basketball one Malice in the Palace. Probably give that a three and a half, maybe a four. Uh, the hockey one I can't remember the subtitle. It's like Crime and Punishment. Uh, yeah, crime and Penalty. Crime, is it? Crimes and Penalties. Crimes yeah. and Penalties. <laughs> yeah, I'd give that a five. I yeah. uh, that was definitely my uh, my favourite of my street. I'd, I agree with like that. It's hockey one probably definitely a five. Um, but Malice in the Palace is close, like four and a half. Yeah. Did like the others, so I think overall four and a half for the whole series. Strong in it, it yeah. is strong. Yeah. Can I just throw in a couple of last points, like in the basketball one? The, uh, the is it was it called the Palace at the Auburn or something where Detroit played, and it shows it being demolished at the end. Yeah, again, yeah. who had the foresight to get that footage of it being demolished? <laughs> like, <laughs> to be fair, that could have been stock footage. Maybe uh, so I'm thinking it probably was, but it's like. The- well, it's really lucky they've got that to refer back to. There'll be footage of every demolished like big stadium like that, though. Right? Yeah, just yeah, I guess. Yeah, somebody put somewhere for yeah. posterity will be recorded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like my final point is like when you mentioned before the three police on on the court at the basketball <laughs> game, and the police get a call and it's that female fan like you've got to get down to the palace. <laughs> <laughs> They're going mad. <laughs> like we know we're, we're, we're aware. We're <laughs> Well, I think we'll wrap it up there then. Um, thank you very much for listening. I think um, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, any emails appreciated, good or bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Definitely, yeah. <laughs> uh, contact us at don'tspoilerending at gmail.com. It's been a while since we had any negative feedback, if you remember. I think, what did the, yeah, the last the, negative uh, feedback, John, uh, you believed in ghosts? Yeah, the, the, right? the scientist. That's right. <laughs> 2018, I think that might <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, so if you're listening, uh, scientist, if you, if you are, if you are a real, he's scientist. not listening. He's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other other podcasts should for it. So leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Oh so yes, do that. Like, we should say that. We should say that every episode. Yeah, like and subscribe. Yeah, five star reviews. <laughs> well, you know, if you're gonna leave a lower review. Do what you want. I'd rather you didn't. If we're on YouTube, ring that bell. But we're not yet. But keep that in mind. <laughs> ring that bell. Yeah. yeah. Very good job. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, contact us on the social medias. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We don't really post, but contact us there. Uh, just by searching Don't Spoil the Ending. But yeah, we'll be back soon with another uh, full time review of another sporting uh, episode. Yep. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks.